BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. We appreciate everyone that is clicking on this live show, this episode. And if you do miss this episode, you can always re-watch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you prefer the podcast version, it comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Lance, how we doing? All right, doing all right, Peter and Bills Mafia. How you doing? They're doing good. They're doing good. We got a jam-packed show. We have a guest coming on. We'll bring them on in a couple minutes. We're gonna be breaking down a ton of the AFC East. We kind of have a little segue between mini camp and then training camp that doesn't start until middle end of July. And if you guys are in the comment section, comment. Let us know what you guys want to talk about. All that fun stuff. We'll be reading comments throughout the night. But Lance, make sure you tell everyone where they can. Find our sponsor and what our sponsor is. Yeah, we're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app in all of daily fantasy. And if you use promo code BIB at sign up, you will receive a deposit match. I'm sorry, promo code Blitz at sign up, you will receive a deposit match from $10 up to $100. Right now, Best Ball Mania 4 is going on. Got to get in it to win it. Go ahead and sign up now. Three million to first place, fifteen million in total prizes. Go sign up at underdogfantasy.com or with the Underdog Fantasy app. Use promo code Blitz, and you will get your first deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Yeah, make sure you guys check all that out. Like we said, comment section. Feel free to comment, Chris. What's up? Hi, Alex. Hi, Mrs. Hi, Nance. Hi, Lance's mom. Um. What's up, Kenny? Gotta be up at 2 a.m. for work, but stay there for the show. Man, that's some dedication. Man. That is some dedication. Holy cow. State. Oh my God. That, that you know what? That's why Kenny's probably our number one fan. We love everyone, but Kenny's awesome. And Junie, how are we doing tonight? Time to bring on our guest as we'll be breaking down some digs talk, some AFC's talk. And that is the founder of the Built in Buffalo Network. The reason we're talking here and we're speaking here on this platform, Dave Myers. How are we doing, Dave? Good, Peter Lance. How's it going? I'm Good. excited to talk about this stuff. I kind of threw myself into your show, so yeah, thank you for boss. having me. You're, you're, <laughs> you're the boss. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to uh, start the comeback tour, so let's get into uh, some AFC East talk. Yeah, but I think before we get into some AFC East talk, that's what the title is, and that's what you guys can be talking about in the comment section all that stuff. We might have to talk a little bit about Stefan Diggs. Once again, we thought it was potentially out of the woodwork when he showed back up to minicamp last, was it Tuesday he showed back up or Wednesday? No, Wednesday, Wednesday, because we did the show Tuesday when he didn't show up, so Wednesday. He showed back up, and it, it felt good. Everyone was kind of took a deep breath. Came out today from Craig Carton, who you can say is a reliable source. You can say he's not. I'm going to say he's not. I'm assuming most people will agree with me, but it's your opinion up to you, uh, saying that there was a potential, some still a riff, and that he's mad they didn't send DeAndre Hopkins, and he did this, uh, he 
what do you do? Uh, signing, not signing bonus. Uh, yeah, sign a uh, signing bonus so he wouldn't, so he can get DeAndre Hopkins. I lost my train of thought there for a second. But then Ian Rappaport reported about 30 minutes ago that it's not a DeAndre Hopkins issue, it's not a Ken Dorsey issue, and it should be wrapped up by training camp. So Lance, I'm gonna get you, let's get your quick thoughts, and then we'll go to Dave, and then we can get to AFC East on some of the dig stuff from today. Yeah, I kind of posted on Twitter just kind of like, you know, there's obviously something um, that's amiss there, and it probably has something to do with his utilization. You know, I, I was listening to WGR and, and Chopin the Bulldog, and they say that it shouldn't be a football thing and that it, there should be no issue with utilization, and I completely disagree. I think that um, Stefan Diggs is probably mad because when the season was on the line and he worked his ass off to get to where he was, people kind of fell flat around him. The defenses were able to take him away. No one else was able to step up. You notice that he wasn't as mad after the 13 seconds loss because the offense never got to go back out on the field. So he, you know, the offense did their part. Gabe Davis had a record-breaking performance. He had no problem not not having the stats for that game. But when he's unable to get the stats, he's unable to have the impact on the game that he wants. I get it. Like, he's going to have an issue when they're losing games. He wants to win. He's a winner. And, you know, that's that's my thought on it. Dave? I think it's, it's you know, Allen said in his press conference it's not football-related, and then some of the reporters tried to steer him back to saying, well, how is it not football-related? Um, and I, I think there's some other things happening, you know, behind the scenes that obviously we're not going to get the information. Um, it probably won't ever come out if it, if it does come out because the bills are tight lipped about stuff. But, um, I mentioned this in our, our group chat earlier today that I, <clears throat> since the season ended, some weird stuff's been going on with the bills and they typically are not in the limelight in the off season. It's typically pretty quiet at one bills drive, but you know, we had Chad Hall left and I know Diggs was close with Chad Hall and Chad Hall left to take a job elsewhere. Um, he said that his, what he could do here was pretty much a wrap and he wanted a new journey in his life. Um, and then Leslie Frazier left. Um, don't know if he was pushed out or if that was a mutual decision or, you know, how that went. So, it's just odd to me that he brings, you know, he, he comes to his med his medical testing. He does all his physicals and stuff the day of or the day before mandatory uh, minicamp, talks to coach, and then he goes home. So we were talking before we came on air, is it is it an issue with the play calling? Is it something that he thinks hasn't been addressed? Um, has the, the team anybody from the team not reached out to him since February. Um, and I know there's a lot of things out there about people saying that he wants to be involved in the play calling and personnel and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know if we're gonna, it's going to come to a resolution, but I can tell you that the one person that I would believe is Josh Allen, because we know those guys are thick as thieves. And if Josh Allen's been positive, more so talking about digs here in the past couple of weeks than he has all off season. You got to think that there's, there's something to it. And it looks like the more that practice went on and they did some team stuff last week, it looked like those two were starting to get back, you know, in, in form of, of Allen and digs and what we've known for the last three years. So it's going to be interesting. It's, it's a, it's a dry time right now. There's a month until we actually have them back at camp. It's the bills summer vacation. So um, you're going to see stuff popping up all over the place about what's going on with digs and what's going on with the bills and, and all that stuff. But um, I would trust Ian Rappaport. He's a guy who's wrong a lot more than, or he's right a lot more than he's wrong. So, I mean, if, if, you know, they come back and he seems happy, then, then we run with it and maybe they, they squash it, you know, from now until then. So we'll just have to stay positive because I don't. I don't think that there was ever a time where Diggs didn't want to be here um, yeah. in Buffalo. I don't think there was ever a time when he didn't want to be a part of this team and a part of what he's already built um, going forward. I think it was just 
he wants to be heard and he absolutely should be heard. Um, and for some experts to say that he should just, you know, strap up his chin strap and, and just go catch passes. Like there's more to it than that. Like he's his, being. his best friend on the team is Josh Allen. And if those guys can't be in sync and they're on the same page and they have the same understanding of what this offense is and how it runs, there's going to be issues. And he has every right to have his voice heard. Um, and I think that it should be so. We'll find out next month. We'll find out once camp rolls around if if everything's you know water under the bridge or if, or if there's something that's long term um, going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see. I also think we. I think we also kind of forget that, like I said, we do sometimes. NFL players or athletes in general are human beings, and they have feelings. They have every right to react in a certain way. We don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with how how Diggs has handled his off seasons. Look, I, I think there's some things he handled okay i didn't mind and then there's also some things that he didn't handle properly some of the social media things and all that stuff uh liking some other teams posts stuff like that which is childish thing but people get mad and people get annoyed but ian rapport said today and dave you just mentioned that trust josh allen and he said ian rapport said today trust josh allen's word so i think that's the best source we can get and we're gonna get we're never gonna officially i don't think find out what happened, but I think I think it's coming to a resolution, and we have a month, right? And they're gonna do something in that month. You know what? You know what? I love to see a picture of Josh Allen and Diggs vacationing together. I don't know. We just saw LeBron James and Draymond Green vacationing together, and then ESPN ran with it, thinking that they might link up after Draymond Green declined his player option. So I don't know if it's a different sport, but I'm going somewhere in that kind of realm. Will they? Who knows? But uh, I think it's. I think we're okay. I think we're gonna be okay. I think we're okay. I think we were still okay when we were all three of us were talking on Tuesday last week when it was crazy and it was chaotic. And I still thought we were okay. So we'll get there, Lance. Anything else before we move to the fun, competitive AFC East? I'm kind of chomping at the bit to talk AFC East. I think the dig stuff has really ran its course. So. If you haven't done so, smash the like, hit the share and subscribe button on YouTube. Go over to our Facebook page, check out the merch shop we have there. Uh, incredible stuff that uh, our guy Dave here has come up with and things like that. So uh, get in on all the, the merch. There's a hat shop and other things in the bio on Facebook page. And make sure you're also subscribed or following our Twitter page. Yeah, Diggs targets and catches took a dip in the later half of the season. We've <clears throat> multiple people Lance mentioned it. We all mentioned that type of thing. And yeah, it's happened. It's happened in playoff games. It's that type of thing. So that's something that you can work out. Uh let's get to the AFC East. Well, we got a, a fun, fun, interesting division this year. We're talking about the New England Patriots with Mac Jones bringing in Bill O'Brien. Obviously, still Bill Belichick, a good defense, even though there's one of their starting corners is arrested and probably won't play this year, which um, was a crazy uh, scene a couple days ago. Then you have the New York Jets bringing in Aaron Rodgers, bringing back a young core and a great defense. Sauce Garner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall should be back with ACL injury. Obviously, the main storyline is Aaron Rodgers. Then you have the Miami Dolphins bringing in Jalen Ramsey. Do they have a healthy Tua, uh, Tyreek Hill? Jalen Waddle, flurry of talent, Mike McDaniel, who annoys everyone, including me. So we're going to start with the New York Jets. We're going to start with a crazy question here and a bold question. Are the Jets Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers? Lance, what do we got? Are the Jets Super Bowl contenders with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm not. Yes, I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. No. They're not even contenders for the division. Should I, I, I think I think that I am not on this Aaron Rodgers train, man. I'm just not. I like I don't think that the Jets are going to be um to be going out and beating the pants off people. I know that they they were competitive with subpar quarterback play and then that average or above average quarterback play uh is theoretically gonna get them over the top. I'm excited to see Garrett Wilson work with a real quarterback. I think he's going to have a nice season, but overall, I just don't see them putting it together. Um, everyone's under the impression that Brees Hall is going to come back to be this monster. 
And like, you don't know that after a knee injury. So, you know, they, they do have some nice pieces and, and Aaron Rodgers obviously has done a lot of good things in his career, but I think that his career is too far into the sunset, in my opinion, to be coming out and contending for a Super Bowl. Before we get to Dave Lance, did you read the the show notes before uh, we hopped on here, man? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's make sure because you, you proved this question. Okay. Dave, what do you got? Uh, Super Bowl contenders, no. I absolutely think that they are a threat to the Bills in the AFC East. Um, he's right about Brees Hall, you know, a running back who puts a lot of they, – they put a lot of wear and tear on their on their lower half um, just because cutting and, and getting, you know, started and all that stuff. A lot of other technical stuff that I can go into. But a lot of what they do is predicated on, you know, the lower half of their body and him coming off that injury. It might take him a little bit to get going, but I do like Brees Hall. I think that he is a special, a special talent. Um, One thing about Aaron Rodgers is statistically last year. Now he didn't have a great supporting cast. Obviously they traded Devontae Adams away and he was, you know, throwing to some average to below average receivers all season, but statistically didn't have a good season at all. Um, one of the worst he's had. And he, I mean, if you, if you look at it on paper um, with the roster he had, you, you, you can't blame the guy. So I, do I think he's going to come in and magically make them Super Bowl contenders? No, but he does have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, and Nicole Hardiman. So that's probably the best receiving Corey's had in a while. Um, so they have that going for him. Plus they have a really good defense. Um, we saw what the defense did to the bills in the two games they played last year, they held the bills to they, the bills didn't score a touchdown until 30 seconds left in the, in the second quarter of the second game they played. Um, and they actually outnetted the bills in yards in that game. So, you know, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers is old and this and that, but I think at 40 years old, I think he's still a pretty reliable quarterback. Um, I don't think they're the favorites to win the East because obviously I'm a bills fan. I think the bills, it runs through Buffalo regardless. But yeah, I th- I think they're legitimate contenders to you know, I mean look at look at last year they beat the Bills and they almost beat the Bills in the second game. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see if if the Bills did enough to counteract what what they did on offense. If Brees Hall comes back, if you know Aaron Rodgers has rapport with all these receivers and stuff like that, there's going to be a lot that is going to have to go into it. Plus, they have a defensive minded head coach. So who do you guys think is going to be like that wide receiver too? Um, after Garrett Wilson, is it going to be Hardman or is it well, that's be... that's what's kind of my one of my points of why I think the Jets are 100 percent like I'm going to answer your question in a second. But I think the Jets are 100 percent division contenders, right? I think outside of the Patriots, there's three teams contending. There's a difference between contending and favorite for the division, right? Like I think like the Bengals in the AFC North, I think the Ravens and like Bengals are both contending. I think the Bengals probably win that, but they're both there's like multiple teams usually contending each year for divisions outside of a handful of divisions or when the Patriots ruled the AFCs for many, many years. But their depth at receiver and their talent at receiver is kind of interesting, right? Like Garrett Wilson, right? He's going to have he's huge expectations year two for Garrett Wilson. He was great, great year one. Expectations year two are different, right? You got to take that second step to superstar potential because that's where he has to go from here. After that, for the Jets, right? I'm not an Alan Lazard lover. Like, I don't think he's anything special. Uh, Michael Harmon's solid, but he's not anything crazy. Corey Davis has shown nothing since he's been with the Jets. Denzel Mims, they don't refuse to use. And Randall Cobb, we're in the wrong year for Randall Cobb. It's not 2015, it's 2023, <laughs> whenever Randall Cobb was in his prime a handful of years ago. So, like, I think the Jets' outside talent isn't as crazy as we think it is. Dave, I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers is upgrading when it comes to talent around him. But I still don't think he's – I don't think the Jets wide receiver room competes with the Bills or the Dolphins wide receiver room. I think it 100% competes with the Patriots because the Patriots lack talent, and that's why they're rumored and targeting DeAndre Hopkins. They need talent on that outside. Um, I They need a guy to step up wide receiver too massive because is Garrett Wilson ready to take that wide receiver one step? Right? Like he had a good rookie year. There's a difference between being like a really good receiver, having a good rookie year, like throwing into the like the, the mix, all that stuff, like expectations coming in. Or is Garrett or is Garrett Wilson ready to be that true, true number one 
like a Justin Jefferson, like a Stefan Diggs, like a Jamar Chase, right? Like those are massive expectations. And we know like Aaron Rodgers expects the moon out of his wide receivers, right? And if that falls short or Garrett Wilson falls short, this Jets team will fall short. We are not talking about Garrett Wilson as a proven veteran. Like he's not a proven veteran. I think he's, I think the world of Garrett Wilson, right? I think he's going to be a great receiver. I think he had a great rookie year, but we still need to see it from him. Like there's, and you know, it's year two of Gary Wilson. This isn't year six or seven with Gary Wilson. Is he Justin Jefferson year two or is he Mike Williams year two, right? Like, is he that type of guy like where we all thought Mike Williams would turn into a superstar? Mike Williams is a very good receiver, but he's not a number one on a Super Bowl contending team. He can be your number two, can't be your number one. Is Gary Wilson going to be a number one on a eh, bad team or is he going to turn into a number one on a contending team? Super Bowl team. That's a huge storyline. I think that people are just writing in Gary Wilson as that superstar receiver. I think he'll get there. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. I think too, with people are poo pooing on Lazard and Cobb because they're not superstars, but they have familiarity with with Aaron Rodgers. He has trust in them. So yeah, you know, I think it's like the Bills. It's like the Bills bringing back Brown and and Bees, right? Like. We could have probably picked any guys off the street, I but just, they brought in guys that have uh, the experience and the trust from the quarterback. Um, because basically after Garrett Wilson, those are a lot of what-if guys. Nicole Hardiman was used in Kansas City for he, – he, he wasn't a gadget guy, but he was your yak guy. He was the guy that you 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 know you throw a slant route to, and hopefully he, with his speed, can take it to the house where he was effective on kickoffs and punt returns. It wasn't – they didn't bring all these guys in just to think that they're all going to be superstars, but they also have a quarterback that can make these guys and get the best out of them um, and have, have them all be role players. You know, if you, if you put them up against the bills wide receiving core, yeah, it's not as good, but they also have a quarterback that will know how to divvy up the targets share for all these guys. You know, if Garrett Wilson's covered, he's got these other guys that he trusts will make a catch and make a play when he needs it. Um, And he didn't have that in green Bay last year. Um, you know, he had a bunch of middle of the road guys that weren't producing. So you bring him in. He wanted these guys. You brought him in to, to show trust in him um, and to show that you are going all out to get this guy what he wants to, to bring him here. Um, I will say, though, if it doesn't work out for the Jets, like they've put themselves in not a great situation cap wise and draft capital wise. It's, it's- it's so, a two-year. It's a two-year window, right? Like right. we say, the Bills window is closing, and it's not because as right. long as you have a superstar young quarterback, you're gonna have a chance, right? Like it might right. not be the best roster ever, but you're gonna have a chance with Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, those type of guys. Like Rogers, Max, a two-year window. If it doesn't work, you kind of just failed, and you have to kind of restart your whole drafting quarterback game. Like you're back right. in two years with drafting quarterback or go getting a veteran. It's, you know what I mean? Like, and you might have a Super Bowl roster, but, but you also, like, I want to say, I think I agree with you. I will Lance, I'll get to you in a second. I just want to make this point before I forget it. Uh, but like, I agree with Dave with you, like Lazard, a hundred percent. I think Lazard's still a legit receiver. I think Randall Cobb's kind of past his prime. He hasn't had over 800 yards since 2019, but he's a veteran, good locker room guy, that kind of type of thing. So, but yeah, I, I think and Roy's coming. Wilson did it with subbar quarterbacks, and now with Rodgers, he should be even better. I'm not saying Wilson won't have a great year. It's just when the expectations of you being a, a true wide receiver one. There's a like I said, there's a difference between being a wide receiver one and a true wide receiver one. When those expectations are, it's 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 a huge expectation, right? Like you are expected to carry the offense. You're expected to go against every best corner. I'm not saying he's not going to do it. But it's not as easy as just saying great rookie year, good rookie year. He's automatically a legit wide receiver one. He's on the trajectory of being one, but it doesn't mean right away he's going to be one. I, I think it's just a little – I think he will be. I'm going to preface that. But I just think it's hard to write someone in right away. Sorry, Lance. Yeah, I was more thinking Garrett Wilson, in the, and I didn't really articulate this, so that's my bad. I'm thinking Garrett Wilson as like a fantasy wide receiver um, is going to be a pretty – pretty good wide receiver. Oh yeah. He's gonna be valuable. I think that he's going to put up stats. I'm not sure that all that stuff's going to uh, turn into wins for the jets. And I would say maybe not. I mean, their defense was very good and we'll give them that. But mm-hmm. the thing is 
when we're talking about competing in the um, AFC, which is the toughest conference, obviously, you're, you've got to have offense. Like the Bills had one of the best defenses and still couldn't put Kansas City away. Like so, having the good defense thing is, is nice and it wins you regular season games. But when it push comes to shove and you got to stop Patrick Mahomes or whomever else um, with all these weapons. If they, if they were to make it to the Super Bowl and face like a Niners or something, like you still got to be able to stop. You still got to be able to score, to, to outscore the opposing mm-hmm. team that's going to, you know, put up, put up points, especially Kansas City, Buffalo. I mean, people aren't really giving credit, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but, you know, I think people are sleeping a little bit on how Buffalo has added this offseason because it wasn't any flashy person. And so everyone else went out and made some sort of flashy signing. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers, right? And then uh, Dolphins got Ramsey. And the Patriots are who they are. But, you know, the Bills just just kind of went along and and filled some holes. And, oh, yeah, that's going to be a really nice piece here. Mm -hmm. But that, I mean, Kansas City won without some dynamic number one wide receiver, right? They had the quarterback and they had a really good tight end. And that's the thing you know, the tight end position here in New York is not very good. They have Conklin as their starter. I mean, this and Uzoma from uh, Cincinnati, but they got the rookie uh, Zach Koontz in there too, but I, they just, yeah, we talked about him a lot. They, they a don't lot. really, they don't really fall. You know, they're not really scaring me with this lineup. Like you say, mm-hmm. like I think Kenny said, you know, Lazard and Hardman and those guys are, are average at best receivers. Now, Lazard gets the, you know, younger guy with, you know, the experience with Rogers kind of thing on it. He's got that going for him and we'll see, we'll see how Wilson and Lazard can pair together and, and throw McCall Hardman in the mix as a third. And, you know, we'll see what, what they can do with it. It's not going to be, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to go out and, and score some points with Rogers. That offense should be much improved, but will that translate into winning enough to be a Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. And I don't think um, at at the end of the year, when it comes down to it, I don't think they're going to be even in second place for the division. I got a couple things on, and then obviously we can keep it moving on the, mm-hmm. the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. So I feel completely comfortable with either Tredavious White, Kyrie Elam, or Christian Benford one-on-one with um, Garrett Wilson all day long. I feel comfortable about that matchup. Um all day long. And another thing about Aaron Rodgers is we've seen him get some injuries in the, in the recent few years. He just got injured. The bills, the bills loaded up on edge edge guys. We're loaded on defensive line and edge guys. So it just takes one hit and then they're back to starting Zach Wilson. Um, So, you know, he's, he's not Josh Allen. He's not mobile. He's 40 years old. These injuries will, you know, they'll, they'll lag on longer than, than usual and he's had some injuries that were pretty substantial that he's missed time or he's played through injuries and so, he hurt his calf like two weeks ago. one two weeks yeah ago. so he's not he's not 30 or 25 year old Aaron Rodgers he's gonna be a pocket only quarterback where he needs to have his guys get separation mm-hmm. and trust his players and looking at the wide receiver lineup that we just gave like it looks decent on paper, but the Bills back seven, I, I'm I'm okay with putting them up against what's going on with, with whoever the Jets are going to put out there on top of the fact that the Jets' right tackle is not that much better than Spencer Brown if he's as good as Spencer Brown. Okay, and we got we got a guy number forty eight that's or number forty that's ready to roll. And so that's something that's something that we need to watch too. Like I think not being talked about enough is and what Lance loves to talk about is the battle of the offensive and defensive lines. And the bills have, I feel like the best defensive line in this division and it's not close. So I, I don't know. Is the Jets offensive line that good? Is the dolphins offensive line that good? Is the Patriots offensive line that good to where this is not going to be a problem for any of these teams going up against the bills defense. So one final thing I want to say, and some of the comments are, I'll get some in the comments. My girlfriend's coming in. Need more than just AR. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Awesome. Uh, Grandpa Randall Cobb. 
Let's see what else we got before I get to my point. Rogers just too impatient to rebuild a team and lead them to a championship. His own line isn't strong enough either. I agree with the second part. He's not really rebuilding the team because I think the Jets have a overall better than a rebuilding kind of style of roster. Uh, Lazard was a wide receiver. I was hoping the Bills would pursue during free agency. I liked Lazard. His price tag. He got double digit money. Like we already have him on the roster. His name is Gabe Davis. Yeah, and he got double digit money. Right, like you, you got Trent Sherfield, Damian Harris. And Deontay Hardy combined for less money than you get Alan Lazard. And Dalton Kincaid. And Dalton Kincaid for less money than you got Alan Lazard, right? You could say Alan Lazard's better than Hardy and Sherfield, and I think he is. Oh, for I, sure. But I would rather have that four than that one. I think there's it's more production for the Bills. And, and it's more what the Bills need outside of Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. It kind of fits the Bills more. Nothing gets out Lazard was better. Lazard was better in Green Bay than maybe Sherfield was in Miami on, under a limited role. Yeah. Hardy had an injured season, so we're not sure, right? And and now we've got Kincaid. So and I think, Harris. you know. I know he's a white. I know he's a running back. Harris, right? So, like, I think these guys, um, I'm especially, I mean, everyone has been saying Hardy is just, and I can't wait to get my eyes on this guy, uh, live in training camp because he's quick. They just are they're They're very he's excited quick. about the way he moves so fluidly and, and quick. And yeah, he's quick. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, our offense lends itself well to those kind of players that are, that are very dynamic. And I think that, um, Having all those options is going to prevent kind of what we were talking about with Diggs, where someone can just go and lock him down and and prevent him from having an impact on the game. So I, I'm excited for for that for that room um, without Lazard. I don't I don't uh, really see that he he fit when we have like you said a carbon copy in Gabe Davis here. Mm-hmm. And one final thing I've noticed. And the, and, the, and the Bills have a tough schedule too, but the Jets beginning, and I live in this market, right? Like I live in West, I'm 45 minutes outside New York City. So I live in the Jets Giants market. I look at WF and all that kind of stuff. I'm outside the Bills, I guess, quote unquote market, right? And we know how New York market, the New York City market, how toxic it is, toxic it is and how brutal it is, right? And expectations are massive. Expectations are massive for the Jets, like massive. There's opening five to seven games is unreal it gets easier after that but it's unreal how hard these games are for them home against the bills at dallas home against the patriots who they've refused to beat in the last years they should beat them but they just bill belichick has their number so home against the patriots home against the chiefs at denver who we think are probably better but they should win that game you would think Home against the Eagles team that was just in the Super Bowl. At the Giants playoff team. Home against the Chargers. At the Raiders. At the Bills. And then home against the Dolphins. Yeah, tough stretch. That's end of November. That gets you to November 24th. That is a tough schedule, right? Like, there's a chance they go into New England 0-2. They go into losing to Buffalo week one. Losing at Dallas week two. And then you're 0-2. And the sky's falling. Like the sky's absolutely falling if they're 0 2 going into New England. The media's going to kill them. Rodgers is going to be cranky with the media. He's going to be cranky with his teammates. It, it, it could turn into a disaster. If they can be average or be above average or even better than that, they'll have a great season. But those eight, those games I just mentioned, that, that last game against Miami, that's November 24th. Those are all really hard games. Like, I guess at Denver's quote unquote easy. I would assume Denver's going to be a little better than they were last year. Like, I'm not going to say Denver's a lock through the playoffs, but they cannot be as bad as they were last year because that was atrocious. At the Raiders, is not an easy game. Raiders have a ton of talent on that team. They're just better, but how many times in football do we see the reverse happen? I just think that Jets' schedule is tough, and I think that's one of the factors where I think the Jets have a good record, but it starts slow and it doesn't get as good as people think, right? Like 12 wins, I think, is an absurd amount of wins people are saying for the Jets, right? Like I, They're going to be, I have them like four and seven, just looking through that stretch, like four and seven coming out of that in your first right, like, 12 weeks. That's right? going to be tough, dude. Like Bills, Cowboys, like that's like, that's not easy. That's not easy. So I think that's another thing. And then obviously they get Atlanta, they get Houston. It, it, it opens up towards the end of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Washington. Yeah. 
it, it goes Atlanta, Houston, then at Miami, not easy, home against Commanders, and then at the Browns and at the Patriots, right? Like that's just have a hard just have a hard schedule. Like just have a really hard schedule. They have a harder schedule than the Bills. The Bills just need to come out and set the tone like they did last year. Yeah, um, I, I feel like last year would have been a lot different if Hyde didn't go down against Tennessee and if Vaughn didn't go down. If we could play somewhat of a clean season, and I know that happens every team gets injuries, and I know all that, but if the Bills had Hyde and Vaughn all year, it, it, we're talking about a completely different outcome against yeah. the Bengals or whoever we end up playing. Um, so if the bills can stay healthy and they come out like they did last year where they just didn't give a shit and they just were lighting up everybody the first two weeks and then the Miami game, but then they were, they, you know, they, they put it on Pittsburgh and, you know, they were, they were playing. And my biggest thing for the bills is in, in years past, they've always come out kind of flat, um, mm-hmm. under Brian Dayball, they always kind of came out flat trying to figure some things out. Um, but if the bills come out and, and they're on it. Um, and like you said, and then they're 0 1. The Jets are 0 1. Then they, they play the Cowboys. Like 0 2 is a tough pocket to be in in uh, ultra competitive AFC East. In NFL, so, you don't want to be 0 2. There's some stat every time the team's 0 2, some NFL, like CBS or Fox, right? You see that same graphic every year. Yeah, every year. Here are the 0 2 teams. How many teams percent wise have made the playoffs at 0 2? And it's like, Lance, what is it? Less than thirty, right? Like that. Does that sound like a, like twenty five? Sounds like a bell ring a bell, like something like that. I don't know. Off the top of my head, you don't want to start going to right. It's just like not what you want to be doing in the NFL. Yeah, it's a it's a deep hole to get in. But I I will tell you though, I'd rather whatever team you root for, whatever whatever it is, be playing better in November and December. No, hundred percent. You know, so I'm just saying. I think there will probably they'll probably take some lumps. Just because well they're gonna system quarterback yeah he's playing for a completely different coach for the first time in his career we're talking about Aaron Rodgers for the first time in his in his well Matt Lafer right he's playing for he's he's playing in a new city different team like he's gonna go through yeah he's forty and he's a vet but he's still gonna go through it he's still gonna go through his new receivers he's gonna go through his new offensive line the new play scheme all that stuff so plus he's now playing for a defensive minded head coach which he's not done before who's on the hot seat. Right, so you know we'll we'll see what happens. He, he like Joe uh, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala has huge expectations. Like he, this is year three, he hasn't made the playoffs. It's been over five hundred. How many coaches, if like they don't make the playoffs this year, have survived after three years of not sniffing the playoffs? No, I don't. There, there's probably none. So yeah, yeah. Lance, you want to keep moving? Yeah, the answer oh, the answer was thirty. Just so you know, so 30%. it was thirty teams. Have, 11 percent of teams, thirty teams total, have made. So, oh, I said. So it's eleven percent. Yeah, eleven percent. You do not want to be zero two. You do not want to even sniff zero two. What we can we can quickly go through this one. What and what's up is we see you in the comments. Red Zone Report on Sunday, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Great, great show. Great human being. Oh, that was too nice. I think it was too nice to Izzy right there. By calling him a great human object. Uh, what to make of Mac Jones? And I, I would say this is a Patriots question. What to make of Mac Jones and the Patriots as a whole, Lance? Well, not rapid fire, but thoughts, and we'll keep we'll keep the ladder moving. First, first of all, Nathaniel Hackett is an absolute joke. All right, so <laughs> like Hackett is has been an offensive coordinator for teams I've rooted for. Uh, oh, yeah. Over the years, and I so he was Syracuse offensive coordinator. He was the Bills offensive coordinator. I met him on the field before the Green Bay game, actually, uh, back in 08 or whatever it was. Or no, nice guy, 14, 15, whatever. Great, probably a great human being. But as a coach, the only thing he has going for him is that his dad was good, and he got Aaron Rodgers. Those are the those are the only things that make Hackett attractive at all he stunk at Syracuse he stunk in Buffalo he stinks everywhere he just has a great quarterback that he gets lucky with so I just I you know I'm sorry to go on that rant a little bit but I just I really don't like Nathaniel Hackett I've I've not liked him from the time he's been at Syracuse years ago and and so on to the next team in the AFC East the New England Patriots so I'll give you this one first here Peter what do you make of Mac Jones He's an above average 
quarterback. I got to watch him practice every week last week, uh, last year, last week, last year covering the Patriots for my internship. And I got to watch every home game. I was at every home game. He's a great guy. He's a really nice guy. I met him a couple of times. A great guy is a tough thing to say because I don't know him personally. I met him a couple of times, right? He's a nice guy. Sounds like a good guy. His media presence, a little interesting, little bit dork, kind of quirky kind of guy, which is totally fine. Be whoever you want. He's an above average quarterback, right? He was benched for Bailey Zappi, who I was at that Bears Monday night game when they were chanting Zappi, Zappi, Zappi after Mac Jones's first two possessions were terrible. Bill Belichick goes to Zappi. Zappi has two good drives. They score, I believe, either two touchdowns or a touchdown and a field goal. And then Zappi stinks for the rest of the game, and they get smoked on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears, right? So Zappi wasn't a good quarterback. Like, that notion that Zappi was, like, some, like, the second coming of, you know, what? Like, like he was not that good. It's just Mac Jones wasn't great. Like, I, Mac Jones is probably in the 15 to 20 range, probably closer to 20 than he is 15. He's an above-average quarterback. You can win games with Mac Jones with a great roster, but the Patriots don't have a great roster. They don't have a, a great system in place for their offense. I think b- bringing in Bill O'Brien is going to help, but the thing what they did with Matt Jones, it was kind of unfair to him last year, right? Like, you had no offensive coach in place to develop a quarterback. That's not on Matt Jones, and he was frustrated with it. I would be frustrated because you brought in – you had – who did they have? They had uh, Matt, Matt Patricia, Patricia and Joe Judge running the offensive system. That's terrible. Matt Patricia is an offensive coordinator. It was an absurd, absurd move by Bill Belichick. And I think his ego got in his way. So Matt Jones is above average quarterback. I think he's on his best day, a Kirk Cousins. On his best day, he's a Kirk Cousins. I don't think he sniffs that half the time. He's a younger Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's probably been in when Jimmy G's healthy, he's better than Mac Jones. I totally see that comparison, though. So, look, I think this Patriots team sits so far back with the talent on this team, but I think Mac Jones is a good guy. Like, I think he gets a little too much hate, but he's never going to be a superstar. But we saw that when he was coming out of the draft. Like, we knew right away. I never thought Mac Jones was going to be a star. I thought Mac Jones could be a solid QB with the right system. I think great backups kind of a stretch. Mac Jones 100% could be a starter in this league. I just don't think he's a great or can be a great quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Mac Jones is a he's a game managing quarterback. I don't think yeah. you're ever going to want to have put put it all on his plate. He's not that guy. He's the guy that if you have a good system in place, you got a decent offensive line, some good skill position players, he can score you points. Um but if you look at their roster, um, they got Ramondre Stevenson, who got a thousand yards last year, so he's not he's not that bad of a back. And then they have Juju Smith, oh, Schuster, Devontae Parker, and Kendrick Bourne. And then oh, I hate Devontae Parker. They Hunter Henry and they signed Mike Gasecki. So they didn't really are really uh on that Thornton kid though, too. Not to oh, yeah, Tyquan Thornton. Just while we're mentioning from Bale. You know, they really do like that Tyquan Thornton kid. Yeah, I, I just I, it, I'm not saying Mac Jones is a bad quarterback because I think he's gotten an unfair shake. Last year was a disaster. Unfair. It was unfair. Um, but if you look, at, if you go back and you look at the 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 Bills' 24-10 win earlier in the season, it the Bills looked like they were playing with the Patriots. Like they looked disinterested. Um, no matter what the Patriots tried to do on offense, the Bills weren't having it and Josh Allen scored a couple touchdowns and it was like they were trying to they, they just the Bills ran the ball I think they had like 175 yards or something rushing that game and it was just they were disinterested and I haven't seen much in the offseason for them to try to go from here to here to compete with the Bills they haven't tried to close the gap mm-hmm. they had a decent draft but other than that I mean unless they pull out this DeAndre Hopkins signing which who knows what's going to go on with that? I don't, you know, they got Bill O'Brien, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see Bill Belichick just having one of his great coaching years where he has these guys. A lot of the ones that were there last year, just pull out, you know, nine, 10, 11 wins. I don't see them winning more than like six or seven games this year. So I don't know. It'll be just looking at the schedule going over their first, their opening stretch. They're going to be, probably 0 and 4. They got the Eagles and the Dolphins at home awesome. and they're going to New York and awesome. uh to face the Jets and then yeah. at Dallas. I mean one, one and three. That's, 
easily zero and four. Could be one and three at best. I'll say one. Three. And they go. Then they have New Orleans coming in. New Orleans coming in is like a you know you're not sure how that mm-hmm. system's going to evolve with Carr in it. And then they go at LA at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, winnable winnable game there, and then Buffalo at home. So I mean, easily a two and seven or a two and five start. Uh, make it two and six with Miami in Miami the next. So you know it could easily be a, a two and five, two and six start, uh, and being generous. And if things don't click right away, um, you know it's it's tough. I think people don't understand how difficult it is. Even though Bill O'Brien may be a good offensive coordinator, this is still going to be Mac Jones' first year in the system. Like he's not. It may not click right away. We've got all these new pieces in New England. That you mentioned Juju's coming over, right? Um, they just signed Gasecki. So uh, Thornton is going to be a young guy trying to make it. Bourne is going to be a guy trying to make it in the system. These these guys aren't guys that have been in this system for years by any means. And so that takes time to develop. I'm not sure with – I think Mac Jones is average at best, and I just don't see you know, where this team's going moving forward. I, I think it's going to be – a tough uphill battle, even with the hop. I just don't see them competing. And they're a bottom, uh, you know, fourth place team in this division. Yeah. I think after Juju on the way, besides if they get DeAndre Hopkins, after Juju, that wide receiver core is very suspect. Like Devontae Parker was not good last year. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Kendrick Bourne wasn't productive last year. Uh, And even even called out the system and coaching last year during the season. And then Taekwon Thornton, who was injured most of his rookie year, who they have huge expectations and high praise for him coming in a year two. And I think he'll be probably their wide receiver too, production-wise, minus DeAndre Hopkins. Ramondre Stevenson is very good, uh, but their O-line is not good. Uh, their defense is good, but then they just lost Jack Jones, right? Their second corner alongside Christian Gonzalez, who, with, who decided to bring two guns into an airport and, thought that was a good idea and now he's arrested and probably going to be suspended or cut so that's another day another topic for another day i guess but it's it's a patriots team that is relying on coaching to win games this year right like and that's that's tough in the national football league where there's so many elite quarterbacks uh in their division and in the conference and in the national football league i think the patriots are on a talent have a talent issue and Coaching and experience only can get you so far. And it's going to get them to the seven, in my opinion, eight, maybe nine wins. And that's probably my ceiling, in my opinion, for them. Nine wins, I probably see them sitting at seven and eight wins. Uh, and that might be even generous. You never know. So Patriots at seven, at eight wins? I don't know, man. Yeah. It'd be tough well, for them to get more than six, I think. But What did they get last year? I don't know. What's that to do with this year? Well, it's a, I think they, I think the roster's better than they were last year. <laughs> you know that the you know that the roster was. I think they got better. I don't know. They didn't have to play Aaron Rodgers last year twice. You know? And they I think the to, easiest way to the the easiest way to measure where the Patriots are going to finish. Yeah, the easiest way to figure out where the Patriots are going to finish in the AFC East is they have the fourth best quarterback in the division. And I can yeah. say that comfortably that Mac Jones is not better than Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, or Tua. So seven wins, seven and ten for the Patriots. I know you guys are giving me crazy looks right now. No, I said they'd win seven. I said seven or eight wins. I I think that's doable because the the division games are always weird. We you know look at look at the Bills last year. All the division games were crazy except for the Bills blowout of the Patriots. All the games were close. Even the 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 Week 18 game coming off of the Demar Hamlin thing. Like the Bills came out with all this energy, but the Patriots hung in there. That gate that was a game for a while. The Bills pulled out late, but all, all the division games last year were, were insane. They were it's it's division games. They're always uh, yeah. Sean McDermott always says that the AFC East games are always dog fights. They're yeah. always dog and they're fights. I think be they're dog- gonna be. I mean, obviously you have a well coached defense in New England, so it's always gonna be um, a puncher's chance kind of thing. Where if Stevenson gets hot for a game and he can carry the rock and score on some people or, you know, if, if Mac does find, um, you know, a groove in this offense, we, we don't know. My biggest thing is I think that this year is a little bit too much to really look for them to have much success because of all the moving parts. Everything's sort of new. 
the some of the receivers are new as well, and Max just not that good in my opinion. I think you're being very generous to him, and that's fair if that's your assessment on him. I just think that he and the team as a whole stinks. Whose assessment? My assessment? Yeah, Peter. Your assessment. I think he was above average. And above average. Yeah, I think he's not. Dang. I think he got. A, I can. I think he got a completely raw deal last. Night. I have to live with a New England fan uh, every day. I go, so I go to school. I, I, go I need to. to school. Ma- I need to maintain. That, uh, I just think he got a raw deal last year, in my opinion. And watching him up close a couple times and being in the locker room a handful of times, I just thought he got a raw deal. And I think he's better than what people think he is. But what he think he thinks he is is not that good. Like he's a poor man's Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Okay, enough Patriots talk. Uh, let's get to the Dolphins quickly here. Can Tua stay healthy? That's the main, I guess, succession of where the Dolphins stand going into this year. Their roster's good. They have good weapons. They have a solid defense, good secondary. But can their quarterback stay healthy? Lance, what do we got? Yeah, I just read some, someone commented. I didn't see if this was true or not, that Tyreek Hill is having some issues. Yes, that is true. Uh, with some charges he's having some well, legal so, issues again. Yeah, so that's that's tough, man, if he's if he's going to uh, miss time can, with that. and I can tell you what it is before you get to, to uh, Tyreek Hill. This was an hour ago. Bleacher Report uh, put it out per a new station in South Florida. South Florida News says Tyreek Hill is under police investigation after allegedly hitting a man at a marina in Miami on Sunday. At least it wasn't a woman this time, so that's good. It wasn't last um, time. His kids? I don't it think was it was kids one. last his time. kids. I'm not sure, yeah. No, I'm not saying it makes it better at all. I'm no. Not <laughs> no. That's not where I was no. going there. No. No. <laughs> just I think that, um, yeah, for sure. I think that Tua is such a interesting player, sort of this enigma of uh, flashing talent at times one of those kids that just seems like he always goes out and works his butt off um he has that he's left-handed so he has that kind of uh intriguing uh set about him since he since he is left-handed but i you know it's tough man it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough battle with them i think they they overachieved at times with a subpar offensive line and they um you know, I don't know that they've really gone ahead and uh, fixed it. And, and, you know, time will tell, I guess. You have Armstead, Liam Eichenberg, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, and Austin Jackson slotted in on their depth chart right now. But, you know, we'll see how that turns out. But, boy, you know, I don't – Kenny's right. It's hot garbage. That old line. I don't know. You know, they're outside of Hill and Waddle. They just don't have much either. You know, it's like they sign – uh, Braxton Berrios, they have Cedric Wilson, they have Robbie Chosen. You know, I just, man, I don't know. It's it's going to be Did tough. Did you just throw out think... Robbie Chosen? Yeah, I don't know. Is that Who the heck is Robbie, Robbie Chosen? Anderson? It used to be Robbie Anderson. Oh, it is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. When did he change his name to Robbie Chosen? Last year. That's what? He's like Robbie the Chosen One or something. Now. He's trying to be like Ocho Cinco, I think. Well, that's a crazy move for not a good wide receiver. <laughs> But, oh but really, really decent. I mean, they have a good defensive line. Um, for the they have a really part. good defensive line. Yeah, they have and, a good defense. And then they they have, yeah, their, their linebacking crew is good. And obviously, we know they're secondary. Um, so, man, really, how far, again, we're talking about how far a defense can carry a team. Because you have, you have a decent running back stable there in Miami with, with an off-injured quarterback. And if he stays healthy, who knows what happens. But just everything else around him is just always in flux, it seems. So just in the NFL these days, I really think you got to have that offense to, to compete in these games. And defense is nice, and it, it's going to win you games in the regular season. But I just I, – from going in to this playoffs with such a good defense from the Bills' standpoint in the last few years, it hasn't mattered how good their defense was. Now, were we without Von Miller last year? Yes. But we were without Von Miller the year before, and we're really competitive and nearly there. So, you know, it's it's tough to say that, you know, defense doesn't necessarily win championships these days any longer. You really have to be able to score. Dave, what are your overall assessment of the Miami Dolphins? Could be two or could be just Miami Dolphins as a whole? I mean, 
there's a lot of ways you can you can kind of dissect this and i've been listening to a lot of bill's media podcasts about comparing the division and stuff like that and to me it does boil down to if Tua can stay healthy right because it's a it's a huge concern you know if you if you like the dolphins or not um we're talking about a man's health right we're talking about a man who had two nasty concussions in in four days um so the last I've seen of Tua in, in Dolphins camp, he looked like he was a little overweight. He looked kind of out of shape. I don't know if that's just what he wanted to look like for mandatory camp and he's going to come back leaner. Um, but there's there's tape on, on that Dolphins offense where there wasn't last year because it was new. It was Mike McDaniel's offense. So there's tape on that offense, just like there's tape on every other team and quarterback in the league. So teams can prepare a little better for you know all the – you know, 10 yard slant routes that they're going to try to throw to get the 70 yards of yak on every play. So which Trent Sherfield against the 49ers was a nice yak play. So I'm glad that the bills nabbed him, but their, their receivers, you know, like after, if you can, if you can take care of Waddell and I know it's a big ask, if you can take care of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like after that, like it's like the bills last year, there was, there was nobody else to go to. So, the biggest question is if if Tua can stay healthy and is he the real deal? Like everybody, every Dolphins fan in my mentions is saying on Twitter that he's he's better than Josh Allen and he's he's the third or fourth best quarterback in the NFL and he's the real deal. Watch when he stays healthy and stuff like that. Well, we have to find out because he hasn't played a full season since he's been in the NFL. Um, and he has injury concerns, not just the concussions, but dating back to when he was with Alabama. So We'll see. I, I, the defense is like Izzy was alluding to. The defense is really good. It's very good. Um, yeah. Plus, they have Nick Fangio now, which love him or hate him as a as a as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, he's he's really good. He's a really good defensive mind. So, if they can bring that all together and get you know, get Bradley Chubb to come to his full potential and they got Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins and we know the DBs that they got. So it's going to be, I think the dolphins are going to be the toughest out for the bills. Um, I think that that's going to be the biggest hurdle for the bills to win the AFC East for the fourth year in a row. Dolphins are are a very, very good team, right? Like they beat the bills first game or the first time they played them in the regular season. Bills beat them the second time in the, Dolphins gave the Bills a run, uh, an absolute run for their money in that wild card game. I also think the Bills kind of did that to themselves. A couple uncharacteristic turnovers, didn't really put Miami away, kind of got away from their offensive system that worked so well in their first couple drives of the game. So I think that was kind of more on the Bills, in my opinion, than the Dolphins in that wild card game. If Tua can stay healthy, they're a playoff team, they're a division contender. If he's in and out and all that kind of stuff, then they're a non-factor in the playoffs. I think Mike McDaniel is such an overrated head coach. I am not a Mike McDaniel fan, but I'm a fan of this roster and this roster construction. They're good in the secondary. I think Jalen Ramsey is still good. I don't think Xavier Howard is still the Xavier Howard from a couple years ago, but he's still a solid corner. Christian Wilkins off the middle is really good. Bradley Chubb's good. Uh, So I think... The Dolphins' roster and their defense is very good. Their O-line, Kenny said it earlier, hot garbage. Their O-line's not good, but you have Waddle, you have Tyreek Hill. It's a system that works. It's a system for Tua that's a simple system, right? Like, it's you have two really fast skill receivers on the outside, and you all you got to do is you get them the ball, and they do the rest, right? Like, it's an easy-run system. I just don't know if Tua stay, can stay healthy. I hope he can for his mental health and for his long-term like life health. We are not talking about a guy that ha- has had back-to-back ankle breaks or ACLs or something like that. We're talking about a guy that has had, like Dave said, two concussions in four to five days. Right? This is a guy that has could have long-term health issues if he gets another concussion. Right? And it's football stuff happens. He's still going to get hit. Right? Like you can't not hit the guy. It's you're paid to hit the guy as a defensive player, but. I think the Dolphins with the Jets are right on the Bills. You know what? Do they have enough to get over the hump? I don't know. I don't trust Mike McDaniel. I don't love the O-line. And I still don't think Tua's a great quarterback. I still don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's 
above average. I think he's a good quarterback. And I think he had a very good productive year. Year two, or was it year two, year three um, in the system? Was it year two or year three? Year three. three. Year, year three. three for the Dolphins. But his health concerns, and I still don't think he's a great – doesn't have great talent, and his arm throwing isn't the best. But I still think the Dolphins are going to be paying the you-know-what. They're paying the you-know-what's last year. They're going to be paying the you-know-what's again this year. So but something, something – sorry to Tyree off, Kill, man. like uh, – does Tyreek Hill not being there affect how good this team is? Oh, yeah. If Tyreek Hill is suspended or anything, yeah, they're not a playoff team. Tyreek Hill is a top five, top six wide receiver in the National Football League. With just Jalen Waddle, they're a shell of themselves offensively because you can just literally just take away Jalen Waddle and they don't really do it. They don't really scare you on offense, in my opinion. With Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they're dynamic on the outside. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. No, that's cool. Um, something to think about. If you have a, a quarterback who now they haven't extended him, so he's still playing on his rookie deal. Yeah. Um, if you have a quarterback who has had concussion injury issues, um, and it was a huge deal. We all know how big of a deal that was in the national media last year about the the training staff of the Miami Dolphins and then the NFL experts that are supposed to oversee all that. Um, if I'm a GM, the first thing I would do would be to look at my offensive line and address my offensive line to make sure that I'm doing what I can to protect him because he can't protect Tua, he can't protect Tua from himself, but he can protect Tua with putting people in place that that's their job, right? So to me, it's it just what the Bills did systematically this offseason, and I alluded to it earlier with, with the battle in the trenches, what the Bills did systematically this offseason, whether it be early on in free agency, um, through the draft, and then you know sprinkling some signings here and there, the Bills are going to be dominant, I believe, up front, whether it's defense or on offense. If you look at what the Bills were able to do on their offensive line, I feel out of all four teams in the AFC East, they're the only ones that improved up their offensive line. Call it what you want. There was no flashy signings. Yes, the draft was nice with getting Osiris, um, and then they signed McGovern early on. But the Bills, I feel like, are the only team that upgraded the offensive line. And then if you look at the defensive side of it, I feel like the Bills are also the only team that actually went out and improved off of what they did the year before. Um, I mean, they got Leonard Floyd. That's not that that signing is extremely underrated. Oh um, the way he plays and feeds off of Von Miller. Go back and watch when they were together in L.A. Like it's it's crazy the amount of pressure that they're going to bring. So I, I don't know. I I think this isn't getting talked about enough. The fact that the offensive and defensive line for the bills is what we have all been talking about as bills fans sure as hell been talking about the offensive line after what happened to Josh last year against the jets. And then, you know, him running for his life, most of the last three years. Um, and being, I thought, you know, taking time and looking back at how the off season was constructed. I feel like he did a great job giving, giving this team and this roster added depth and starting quality players i mean the bills fourth best edge rusher is aj epinesa in my opinion and he had six and a half sacks last year you got vaughn miller who's probably if he plays the whole season will get double digits leonard floyd hasn't had a season under nine in the last three years and then you have uh greg rousseau i think we all know is going to take a huge leap this year if he stays healthy so that's one thing you got to look at is Miami Dolphins have a quarterback that has this injury history and the bills are chomping at the bit to get after it, you know? So yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out too. Cause I don't, like I said, I don't think a lot of national media is they're already crowning the dolphins as, you know, overseeing the bills and taking that, that AFC's crown away from them. So it's going to be real interesting. Nobody's talking about the fact that the Bills are going to get after the ball. Plus, in Sean McDermott's tenure with the Eagles and with the Carolina Panthers, they were getting 50, 55, 60 sacks a year. And you got to think that part of the reason why Leslie Frazier left or walked away in his own or whatever was the lack of the pressure in the two playoff games. The Bills were not getting after the quarterback in those two postseason games at all. Now, I know Von Miller being out was, was one thing, but they had other guys that are serviceable edge edge defenders. So if Vaughn starts the season, 
um, and is not on the PUP list or, you know, the short term IR, I, I, I think the bills are, are they're going to be aggressive and they're going to be coming after these quarterbacks and it, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Von Miller is going to play week one. I know. I've been, I've been saying that. I've been saying that since March that he's not going to. Have you, you seen the wrong. guy at? Have you seen the guy at camp? The dude's quads have their own zip code. Like it's it's absolutely insane. Like it's nuts. To end the show here, Keem's going to owe me some money. Sorry. Oh no. Yeah, Lance and Dave, you guys both been on Von Miller week one status. So we're a little past our time here, but we're going to go rapid fire to end the show. Way too early AFC East predictions. No thought, no description behind it. I don't want to hear you. No, I'm joking. But yeah, so Lance, I'm going to actually, no, Dave, I'm going to start with you. You're the guest. Give me your AFC East predictions, and we'll go to Lance. We'll go to me, and then we'll say goodnight. You want win losses in, in order? No, no, you can just go 4 3 2 1 or 1 2 4 three, two, one. 2 1. All right, one, I'll two, go four. 4 is the Patriots, 3 is the Jets, 2 is the Dolphins and the Bills, I think, win the AFC East. I think they go 13-4, and four, honestly. Lance? Bills, Bills are the number one team in the in the division. And then it's going to be close. I, I really have to see what's happening with Tyreek Hill because if, if he's not going to be there, that's going to be trouble. So I'm going to put Jets 2, Dolphins 3, and Patriots 4. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Patriots. Mac Jones isn't good. I'm going to go Patriots 4. I'm going to go Dolphins 3. I'm going to go Jets 2. I'm going to go Bills 1. I don't trust Tua at 3 with the health issues. And I think maybe like the Jets and Dolphins battle it out for that second spot. Close. Could be a tiebreaker type of thing. Kenny's coming in. Bills 13-4. Jets 11-6. Dolphins 9-8. And, and Patriots 5-12. Well, this was a absolute fun episode. Dave, as Always, we appreciate you coming on. Oops, my bad. You're always welcome. Sorry, Lance. You're always welcome to join the program. But plug your social. And when's your show coming back? Uh, so yeah, so I'm rolling out a show. It's going to be called Off the Edge. It's going to be Wednesday nights here. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, me and Akeem are bringing back Bill's Allergy. It's going to start in July, uh, second week of July. It's going to be on Saturday nights. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, but my socials right there on Twitter, if you guys want to follow my rants and my, my takes on on the Bills and Don't everything follow. else, Buffalo Bills football, um, right there. So yeah, and just know that in the second week of July, we have a full slate coming for um, for live shows. We got a lot of good stuff lined up. Um, obviously, Buffalo Blitz or the yeah Buffalo Blitz will be back. Um, the Bills chat guys are coming back pretty soon. Um, we got some other stuff lined up. So. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Yeah. Lance, tell everyone where they can find our sponsor. Yeah, we're sponsored here by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app and website in the universe. So go ahead, sign up on the app or on the website. You can use the promo code BLITZ, B-L-I-T-Z, you will get a deposit match from $10 up to $100. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy, as always. If you guys missed this episode, you can rewatch this on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you prefer the podcast version, this comes out tomorrow morning. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your, uh, wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. talking more bills. And we appreciate everyone that liked, that commented, that subscribed to all the social medias. And everyone that was in the comment section, ton of comments tonight. We appreciate everyone. Made the show a ton of fun. He was Dave. He was Lance. And I was Peter. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.